We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. LL, what's good? We are complete. The climb to 3,000 has been achieved. Yes, Thank you. We appreciate you greatly. Lucky Lefty Podcast, SD2 Mics, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly you gotta drink responsibly it's wednesday so you know what that means we play a little heads or tails when it comes to the coordinators at notre dame we'll hear from both of them senior day we'll hear a heartfelt story from mm. the adamiola twins mm. on the time before notre dame the journey to notre dame and what this weekend is going to mean to them and their families and we will put LL Nation on the petty train right now. <laughs> For all of you that reached out via YouTube in the comments, via social media, the inboxes, messages, telling us to play the Braden Lindsay video from yesterday, <laughs> you all are super petty. And I know what you were getting at. Yeah. But yeah, we are men of the people, so we, <laughs> so we got the we have the video for you. We have the video for you, but I just want LL Nation to know Yo. you all are super petty <laughs> for making this request, but we gave it to you. Well, we got to give it to you. We got to get you that shortly as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's talk about what the theme of the show is. That's right. What could have been at Notre Dame this year? What could have been at Notre Dame? And yes, if you look at the photo on the page, that is Phil Jacoby, because I think he is representative of what could have been at Notre Dame, especially since we're facing Boston College on Saturday or senior day. Left, they say the time flies from the time you walk through those doors as a freshman and you run out of that tunnel for the very last time. I don't think you got the opportunity to experience a traditional senior day at Notre Dame, but watching and experiencing senior day on multiple occasions inside that stadium. Give us a sense of what the emotions are going to be like for the team on Saturday. It's going to be some heavy emotion, especially uh, the ups and downs that you go through with this season and just the seasons with your guys, knowing that this is the last home game. Uh, It's a lot. You know, um, in the midst of when you're in it, in that current feeling, you don't really get the emotions until like after the game, you know, and and when everybody gets on the field and you're taking the pictures and stuff. Leading up to it, you 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 know, you still regularly schedule programming. At least it was for me, just from the game and you know school because <laughs> you got a bunch of projects. Like you really trying to finish strong for real. Yeah. When you when you get into the game and then and the emotions and the flow when they do all the ceremonial stuff, then you know you definitely uh, get a lot more emotional, especially when you got to do the uh, alma mater at the end or the fight song at the end with the front of the fans and you know getting called out. I think to run out there is pretty cool to hear them cheer and uh, meet your people on the other side. It's almost like a a ritual passing, you know they give you back to your parents <laughs> on senior day. <laughs> but it's a, it's an awesome, man. I still got the pictures that my mom still loves the pictures that they got from that day. So uh, great moment in your career to know that there's an end to it. You know, nobody really talks about the, the good part of having an end to it. But, you know, with a team that in that senior class has won how they have, it's a great way to go out. And once again, Notre Dame takes on the Boston College Eagles this Saturday for Senior Day. And um, 
we can transition right into the CFP rankings, right? Look, one of the biggest things that could have been is Notre Dame could have been top 15 if they had blown Navy out. I honestly believe that. The way the dominoes fell last week, teams in front of them losing, they got jumped by Washington, who, if I'm not mistaken, was like four spots behind them. Washington goes on the road and gets a huge win against Oregon. But if Notre Dame dominates Navy, Notre Dame probably ends up 16th, 15th in the CFP rankings. So as much as people want to call or say a win is a win, it's not in the eyes of the committee. And you see the effect on where they landed in the CFP rankings at 18. If they take care of business, their rankings would have been much higher, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty big win for Washington, especially to calm down all that Bo Nix noise. Um, I would have given them some good spots for that, but it's it's Bo Nix, you know, so I wouldn't keep him above Notre Dame. But we didn't help ourselves making the game as close as it was, especially when they looked at the rankings and saw that we were as close to Navy when Houston put up 50 points on them. So it's like, you know, we go back to, I think the college football playoff committee should view us in the light of we're going to play with whoever, but you can't look at the scoreboard at the end. <laughs> you know? don't, don't look at the scoreboard at the end. Just look at the schedule of wins and losses because for our team specifically, no matter worst or first, we're going to play to whoever rolls out there. We had the anomaly of being the bullies on the block versus Clemson. We thought that would be the identity we take on, but just not this year. We have flashes of it, but like Marcus Freeman and even Dabo said about their teams, we're just inconsistent. And um, we're inconsistent on, on, on execution and play, but we aren't lacking in wins now. <laughs> we still, yeah. still know how to win. We just not looking good doing it. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Talking CFP Rankings. Go right now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Tap in with us. You can get the automatic download set up and every piece of audio, great content that we drop every day. It's available now on both of those platforms, connected with CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. As we continue the conversation about the college football playoff, we see that the top 10, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, LSU, USC, Alabama, Clemson, and Utah. Out of the top 10, is there anyone that's a dark horse in your opinion to jump up into that top four and make the college football playoff? I think these last two weeks are going to be crazy. A lot of shifting is going to happen, so I just want to reserve it. You know, I don't want to speak too early. I think this is a good preliminary of seeing where the college football teams are ranking uh, and the value they have on certain teams and who you think they want to be in that top four spot. But um, I always think Alabama should never be out of it. So <laughs> they have to – it's the Alabama Invitational, baby. You can't just keep them out. You know what I'm saying? So they got to be in there at some point. And uh, hopefully, we you know, we can squeeze in there – Provided these last two weeks go pretty crazy. Now, if we go in there and and and, and do some 
some nasty work to USC like we did to Clemson on some 35-7. I think it get us in the top six. I'd say they keep us out of the playoffs, but it get us in the top six. Boy, you are reaching, boy. You, <laughs> you are reaching. Hold on, boy, you, are truly, you are truly Notre Dame through and through. Hey, man, boy, you are consistent. I have to give it to you, love. You are consistent. Now, let me break it down, though. Listen, listen. listen. Oh, man. They're going to try to give us six to play LSU. Let's see how it goes. Because the thing is, we had gave Ohio State a top 14, 21 points. We gave Clemson a beat down, top four, beat them out the top 10. Mm-hmm. Now, that's now that's cool. You know, beat a top four team out the top 10? Okay. Okay, I can take that. And then SC, we, we beat them like they stole something. 35-7, you know. They beat UCLA great. We, I think the college football playoff committee would have to be honest in their evaluation and be like, does this team deserve to play on good television in January 6th? Probably. Nobody wants to see TCU play. Come on. Come on. Nobody wants to see Oregon go up there and flop again. Come on. I know we 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 started off a little, a little sour. We start, it's not a homer, it's just saying a little sour. But when it matters and when it comes to winning late, you can count on us getting in that top spot because we're the most competitive when it gets late. These other teams, as you can see, falter when it gets tough. Games that they should be wiping the floor with teams late, they can't do it because they've never been good for so long. They, they, they're, like, they're like firecrackers. They get hot and they go out. But we like the campfire. Even when that thing out, that thing is still hot. You know, you, you never campfire never out. It's just yeah. hot or it's on fire. Yeah. Eric Spadell said you had a little early morning sit, bro. <laughs> you don't let it know. I'm just doing the, the rankings and what people want to see. Nobody want to see these, you know, some of these teams that can't finish. <laughs> Be in that top 10, wasting time. We want LSU. I mean, isn't Notre Dame in that group of teams that can't finish, though? We can't finish early, but we figure it out when it matters. It's, it's not a 30 minute game, love. It's not a 30 minute game, unfortunately. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Yeah, I, I want to say this. Oh, man. Look, you earn your keep. And you can say what you want to say about Michigan, TCU, and all of that. Look, man, TCU wins out there in. Michigan wins out there in. But we know Ohio State and Michigan play each other. So exactly. that's pretty much that's a playoff game within itself. Yes. Before they get to the Big Ten championship game. I have no bones to pick with this, with the rankings this week, because five through seven, pretty much, or four through seven pretty much control their own destiny. TCU controls their own destiny. LSU controls their own destiny. Go win an SEC championship. USC controls its own destiny. Went out. We control USC's destiny. Once again, USC controls their own destiny. Went out, win the Pac-12 championship, they're in. Because you know Ohio State is going, or Michigan, one of them are dropping out. One of them dropping out. LSU is going to face Georgia. Everything is is in their hands. USC has a Pac-12 championship. Whether you don't like it, whether you like it or not, if they went out, 
more than likely they will be one of the four. Tennessee, I would stop myself on that because I don't believe they truly have. They still have, if I'm not mistaken, the power index says Tennessee has a 25% chance uh, along with Clemson still has a 25% chance. Clemson is a team, if everything goes right, could be a dark horse as an ACC conference champion with a win of, over North Carolina in that championship game. But they would need at least two or three teams. They would need like LSU to lose to Texas A&M this weekend and then lose again against Georgia. Then they would need Michigan to lose and T TCU to lose. And then maybe they can jump Tennessee because Tennessee won't have a championship. And then maybe you pit them against USC, and then it becomes, okay, if USC loses to UCLA or loses to Notre Dame, then Clemson. So Clemson has a shot. But there are a lot of things that have to happen in order for them to well, get all those things that all that happen, then we in it. Here we, we go. Soak up because we have to Maybe. soak up some of that. Maybe. We have to soak up that North Carolina win. We got to soak up that Clemson win. And then if all them teams lose, where are we at? Malik. No, <laughs> for real. Malik. If all Michigan with Michigan loses, which we know Michigan gonna lose. Tennessee don't have a championship. Okay. LSU can possibly lose the last two games. Okay. Okay. We cooking now. Oregon just lost. I mean, Clemson can't jump us because of what we did to them at home. Malik, Notre Dame is not making a college football playoff. What are you doing this morning, man? What is? Look, I understand you tried something new for breakfast this morning. It has you in a really good mood. That's not it, man. That's that's not. Look, I understand we said what could have been, but we're talking about things that could have been. That is not a reality. Left. That's not a reality. What are we doing right now? That's not a reality. I look, I know it hurts. If P Dub has a message for you, P Dub has a message for you, bro. Right there. There you go. Thank you, P Dub. Thank you for the message. Okay, if the math is math, and how we beat in Clemson. Clemson what type of you said math. Now math is universal. Please tell us the type of math you're using this morning. If we're losing to Clemson and Marshall, then what is then? I mean, if uh, Marshall and Stanford, what is Clemson's excuse? They got dubbed by us. So the college football playoffs should be like, whoa, wait, wait you got to look at this a little closer. If Marshall and Stanford beat Notre Dame, oh, yeah. we know what we think about them. Then how in the world can we ever put Clemson over Notre Dame and Notre Dame did that to them? So what would Marshall and Stanford do to Clemson? That's my question. Stop. I'm just Stop. saying. Stop. Um, I'm just Stop. saying. What are you saying? That that's how the matter. What are you saying right now? What are you I'm saying? Sure they, I'm sure they're sitting in that college football playoffs thinking the same way I am. No, they're not. Like, like, there's no way in the world. Clemson, what are they thinking? Please tell me what they're thinking. Please tell would struggle versus Marshall and Stanford if Notre Dame's doing that to them. If it was a closer game, 
we could say it's a fluke. We could just say Drew Pine got hot. But the way we beat them. Dude, you're so cap right now. You know how cap you are. You're like Barnell Hill talking about the catfish in his lake right now. Off mark. And his sweet potato. <laughs> it makes I'm sense. Gonna and then you gotta, I'm going to call Snooky to come get you in a minute and pull you up off this podcast. So, so okay, then in your opinion, who are we looking to face with all these possible outcomes? LSU can definitely lose the last two. We know Michigan losing that last one. Okay, wait a minute. We'll take it, we'll take it to the chat. Question of the day. Give us a percentage of chance of Notre Dame making it into the top six. I don't want a percentage. No, 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 no. Question of the day. We're going to let the chat chime in on this. <laughs> right. Thank you. Snooky, do work. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did you miss me? Come on, man. What is the Sean Paulus? Thank you for tapping in. Sean Paulus said negative 2%. You're bugging right now. What should have been is they should have been sitting right at about 15 this week with a dominant win over Navy. Ole Miss coming off another loss to Alabama. Are ready to beat USC and take another jump up to 11 and 10. It was right there for them. The opportunity was right there for them to get close to that top 10. And coming off that second half, a scoreless second half, you want to tell me that this team deserves to be ahead of Clemson? Yes. Boy, you are truly part of the brotherhood. You are truly part of the brotherhood, man. Uh, so what are we truly calling that game? What do we call it that game? Say what? What do we call it that game that we had against Clemson? What do you call that? It's a win. I call it a a virtuoso. That's what I call that. See, you're looking at this as Notre Dame is better than the teams that are in front of them. And I won't argue with you. I think Notre Dame can beat every team in front of them up to Clemson. And more than likely, they will beat the number seven team. I don't think they will beat the number 18 head-to-head. Who's number eight? Alabama. Alabama's going to finish. You know, they should be in the playoffs. Let's be serious. I don't think they beat Tennessee head-to-head. I don't think they I think the crazy thing is, if they played Ohio State again, I think it's a close game, but I still think Ohio State wins. Yes. Georgia, because of the way they play, would no, keep yeah, Notre no. Dame in the game. But Georgia just had, in my opinion, the Georgia defense would be. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying top four. You know, I'm not saying that. But And I think I think they will compete. It would be a pick. For me, it would be a pick em game against LSU because the LSU offense is not, doesn't scare me. BK versus Marcus Freeman. Oh, that would be a bowl game dream. That's what I'm saying. That's what they I would have. Like, man, they would have like the entire video game lineup. It would be the Sony Xbox. <laughs> Just line them all up. No, no I'm all serious. All I think that's, that's how they should. That's how they should try to frame it. Because all these other teams, if it's not them, and or Bama, who 
Who are you? Who are we worth playing? I don't want to play no Kansas State because that's you know. Well, they're slated to face in three different. Uh, no, I think in four publications they're slated to play Mississippi State in a bowl game right now. Great. Well, they, they do they don't have anyone anyone to blame but themselves? <laughs> you, know you sit there having an attitude. <laughs> Why do you have an attitude? They brought this on themselves. The college football committee's not doing it right. That's all. Wait, is the college football committee not doing it right, or is Notre Dame not doing it right? Notre Dame's doing what they're supposed to do. Win the games. Not as I'm saying the end of the season. We're winning the we're winning the games we're supposed to win at the end of the season. That should count for a lot. It should count for a lot. Week two shouldn't be affecting a, a week, what? Eight win against a top four team, it shouldn't be affecting that. You should be looking at it as, oh, they got better after that. And then it's like you want to put the best teams against the best teams at the end of the season in the bowl game. Watching us play Mississippi State is like nobody wants to watch that. Us versus Bama. I disagree. LSU. Everybody, everybody wants to tune in and watch Notre Dame. Win, lose, or draw. Win, lose, or draw. You're absolutely right. Well, go ahead. I would much prefer us versus Alabama, us versus LSU, games that would actually mean something because we mean something to the landscape. You're going to put TCU versus Alabama? You're going to put uh, 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 USC versus LSU in a bowl game? No, I probably want to see that. I actually want to <laughs> see that. <laughs> Okay, that's a good one though. But other than that, I mean, we we deserve from how we look versus that Clemson game and Ohio State game and what we'll look like versus USC that we can compete with anybody. That's just who we are. We may not be consistently great on the scoreboard, but we can play with anybody and get a chance towards the end. And that's what you want to see from a football team that's trying to cross over to that next level. That's wonderful. But, Ken, you used a word right there. I'm going to grab from what you said. And, and you said consistently. Consistently. Uh, can you tell me how much Notre Dame has improved? Yes. Okay. Stanford game. Mm-hmm. No energy. You know, acted like we didn't want to be there. Uh, let me write that down. Stanford game, no energy. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> How do you respond? Because football, just like life, mm. is about not you getting knocked down, which you know this. Okay, you're about to preach. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. It's not about how you get knocked down. It's not even about the losses. You almost encourage bad losses because you know why the meteoric rise to the top, you can accomplish great things. Because when you're at the bottom of the bottom, all you can do is what? Look up. And when we looked up mm -hmm. and knew who we was, because that's all we needed was a reminder. Mm -hmm. you know, we just needed a reminder who we was. Yeah. We saw who we had to play the next week and was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. 
That's the team we need to be. Mm -hmm. And we showed the college football world. Preach. We're really better than this team Mm -hmm. and deserve to be in the top four. So if you just slap a one through four number behind the team, we'll look like a one through four team. Mm -hmm. Period. But if you slap an unranked, we'll win. And that's what it's about, winning. Because mm. what, what they say, a win's a win. <laughs> a win's a win, shot. <laughs> Welcome to Lucky Lefty Baptist. <laughs> Pass the leap. Lefty himself. Preaching Notre Dame into the college football playoff. If you would like to leave a little something on the pulpit, go ahead and see the chat right now. Go ahead. Bless us, Coach. Bless us, Leak. Is there anything else? <laughs> Bless us, Pastor Leak. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, look, Notre Dame, <laughs> the spirit is moving, Sean. <laughs> It's only moving when Malik is, though. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, we right there in the fold. We really right there in the fold. <laughs> oh, man. Lovey Lefty Podcast, once again, we appreciate you guys. The climb to 3,000 has been accomplished. And now we're climbing the stairs. Next goal is 5,000. We appreciate everybody that's become a part of LL Nation whether you're part of the Notre Dame fan base or another team's fan base. Thank you for tapping in. Thank you for giving us your time. And thank you for helping us reach our goal. Now it's on to the next goal. You can help us as well. Go tap in to CFB Nation, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the great content that's there. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hit the automatic download or just simply download each and every episode. Check us out. Available daily. Lucky Lefty Podcast, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. We spin it different. You know what we do every Wednesday, Left. You know what we do. Heads or tails? Tails never fails. Tails never fails. All right. Tommy Reese, man. We're going Tommy Reese this week. Oh, man. Well, left. I'm going to let you get your analysts on this week because Tommy Reese has some very interesting things to say about moving on from Navy. But before he can move on, he had some things to say about Braden Lindsay's touchdown. And um, we're going to make him a, a nominee for a seat on the petty track. Well, we got him in zero, and that's kind of what we wanted from there. We wanted to take a shot, and, uh, you know, we that's a route that we can sometimes read, but we determined, hey, even if it's off like that, Braden, we're going to trust your speed to run by him. And Braden was about 18 yards ahead of the guy, and uh, Drew evaded the rush and, and got it there late. Um, Braden made a heck of a catch, and, you know, in that situation, you're, you know, hey, fight back, fight back for the ball, hoping to get P.I., and he did one better. And, Got the ball too, so it worked pretty Braden was about 18 yards ahead of the guy. Braden was about 18 yards ahead of the guy. Braden was about 18 yards ahead of the guy. That's petty. 
Tommy Reese, you're going on a petty train, bro. 18? <laughs> That's a lot to be coming back to a fighting football. <laughs> Hey, that's petty. You caught that. <laughs> okay, Tommy said he was 18 yards ahead of the guy, bro. Good grief. Wow. He was he was making sure that you know, like, look. He's open. He was open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. all bad when that happens or what? Look, bro. Tommy said it. The guy was wide open. Sports Center. He didn't say wide open. He didn't say wide open. He said 18 yards. Do you know how much that is? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to go watch the tape and figure out how far he really was open. It probably was about seven. He was open, but to dramatize it is it being a 20-yard gap. The, the field ain't even that big. So 20 yards anywhere on the field, you – you, and then to say <laughs> – and we tried to get him to fight back for the – that means that you had to catch back to the dude chasing you. And he's like – and with all that being said, he came with the ball too. Wow. It's the best catch you've ever seen in person. Well, That's what he said. It's the best catch he's ever seen in person. With the worst pass ever thrown in a person. <laughs> so it's not us, LL Nation. Your own coordinator is, is throwing shade. I don't understand. Now, Penny we don't take it serious, but that's funny. <laughs> oh, he also talked about the offense moving forward, focusing on Boston College. And Drew Pine, the things he missed and the things that he can take advantage of for the next two games, because they fully expect people to watch that Navy film and get aggressive and uh, gain some courage. Tommy, how are you going to, you know, move forward and attack that? Consistency in the decision making, right? We had some opportunities that we turned down that you just got to trust the looks and trust where our eyes go and, you know, have slower eyes. I know that sounds a little bit different, but just, you know, keep your eyes in the right spot, trust them, and have the right consistency there. You know, uh, had a couple of them there in the first couple of drives that we kept us in efficient plays. And that's really the thing, like, um, at quarterback, we can't get bored making the monotonous decisions, making the right decisions. And sometimes those first and 10 or second and eight, six-yard throws become critical to having sustained success. And, Got to keep uh, keep working at it and keep going in the right direction. Mm. What does it mean to slow down his eyes? Yeah, I, that's like quarterback talk. Because I'm thinking, like most fans, like man, you need to speed up your process and get through your progressions. Wait, slow your eyes down and trust. What is what is he really saying about Drew? Well, I think sometimes you know you can get through a read too fast just because you're not trusting that the guy based on the leverage or based on their speed coming out is going to be on the timing that you have in your head. I think a lot of times when you are feeling rushed in the pocket, you can read the play a little faster and pass up on reads that become open a little later, a little later. It's a lot similar to how I talk about my quarterback at Lakewood. 
I tell him all the time, like, I, yeah, you, you just got to let the play develop. Like, I'm calling it to hit a 15-yard out, and you throw in the five and out as soon as you get the snap. And it's like, I get it. He's open. Don't pass up a, a open guy and all that. But I'm calling it to hit a specific thing. And you taking the first thing you getting just because you think it's open and this and that. Yeah, but it just it just throws the rhythm off. And I always tell them, you know, you want to be a threat. You want to be aggressive. Uh, <laughs> so let it develop, man. Like, we got protection. You're not getting rushed as, as much as you probably feel like you are. You know, I'm glad that you being decisive. But – you know, let's let's work the offense a little bit. Let's get some explosive plays in. And a lot of times when you're calling plays, you're trying to hit certain guys in certain areas for the, the other defensive coordinator to be thinking, okay, they're trying to go outside, they're going inside, I got to do this and that. So if you taking what they're giving you, quote, unquote, it almost plays into the hands of the D coordinator and say, okay, well, we can get away with certain things because he's not looking this way. He's not looking deep. He's not, or if that, if he waited a little longer, that's open. So we know we got him a little rushed, you know. So a lot of it is a strategic thing, but you definitely want to be able to have some pace to the game, which I like a lot about Kenny Minchie. Kenny Minchie looks like he's slow through his progressions. He just back there, no matter what the blitz or whatever is going on in front of him, he's taking his time. He's just out there, just making passes look really easy. I think that's what Tommy kind of wants Drew to play with, a, a slower pace, a more command of a pace. Mm. And, you know, that comes with uh, comfortability. And, you know, if you believe in your talent, it'll, you'll be there. You know, but if you trying to do the right thing because you don't want to get embarrassed, then that's a that's an obvious uh, way you can play. It shows. You know? you know, I totally get that now, you know, because that reminds me of what I was taught playing basketball as a guard. Don't let them speed you up. I don't yeah. care how much pressure they put on the ball. Yeah. Don't allow them to speed you up. Play at your pace. You yeah. have the ball. So it makes perfect sense in how that correlates to football as well. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So he talked about the resurgence of one Deion Cozy. And Deion Cozy has taken plays away from Brayden Lindsey. And I think, and what you're going to hear from Tommy Reese. He's really saying something with talking about why Deion Cozy has been able to get those reps over the last three games. Here's him talking about that and how Drew has improved or did improve against Navy in obvious pass situations on third down. Just based on coverage tendencies and things that uh, that we see from them are, are starting to open up. You know, I think Drew has a lot of confidence. You know, with Dion being out there, a bigger target um, on some of those those throws over the middle. So just continue to try to find ways to attack coverage and give him a chance on third down. And you know, I thought Drew took a big step there in third and obvious pass, and uh, continue to try to you know find the ways that he feels most comfortable. Speaking of guys like Dion, what has it meant to be able to plug in guys in the, in the offense and them have success early on? Yeah, I think it's really cool to see like each part of that receiver room contributing different ways and having different roles. Like Dion provides something that's different than what Zoe provides and Braden provides something different than what JT does. And then you got Lerno hopping in there and doing some of the dirty work. And so just really having that group as a collective whole you know, contribute has been, has been uh, 
really rewarding to see over the last three or four weeks. You got to dig into what he said there. He talked about receivers having something different. And the dig route has become one of the big routes for Drew Pine on third down, especially the backside dig route. You know why Deion Cozy is good at that with Drew Pine at quarterback? He's big enough to see. Yeah, no, like for real. No, facts. <laughs> like if, if that's Brayden <laughs> Lindsey backside, if that's Brayden Lindsey backside. It's just yeah. he got to be more accurate. He got to be like, let me really put it somewhere nice. Like, Deion Cozy, if he flashes his helmet across, it's like, okay, I just got to throw it over there. So it makes sense. I mean, the kid is like five six, yeah. So – it's hard enough. You got to be able to find throwing lanes. You got to be able to, you know, trust that, which Tommy talks about a lot, that is going to be where it's supposed to be on time. When you don't see him, it makes it a little tougher because is he there too fast? Is he getting hemmed up by the jam? If you can't get a good visual because you already looking the opposite way, you trying to come back to it just hoping he's there and you don't get a, a glimpse or anything because you're a little short, it's just tough sledding. Unless he yeah. really, really trusts you like of some Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams type of deal. Yeah. But I like the fact that he feels confident that Drew is improving in obvious past situations because we said it last week. Drew is going to be needed. Drew Look, Drew can't walk into that Coliseum and play a, a Navy game. No, no, no. You can't do that. You can't. He can't even go in there and play a Clemson game. No. Because the USC offense, <laughs> offense is going to stress our defense a little bit, and you got to go and stress their defense a little bit. Well, we know we can run, so – That'll help, but there's going to be times in the game, maybe we're down seven going in the half, and we need a Marshall situation. And Braden Lindsey gets behind the defense. Mm -hmm. We need you to hit that pass and tie it up before halftime. We need you for that. We don't need you for going 50 or 50 and – 400 yards, we need you at that pass to go to Brayden Lindsey and get us up at half. That's what we need. Yeah. So being confident in this next game of doing that is going to help. It's going to help. Because we know we can go in there and run the ball all day. It's just go. It's, we have to generate points and points faster out of it. I agree with that. The opportunity is going to be there because they're secondary, they're linebacking core, injuries. They didn't have depth. They struggled to score. Jordan Addison is not 100%. Their scoring has gone down, I think, like 20% since the earlier part of the season. Their defense, they rushed the passer well, but that's because they get out in front. They can't stop the run. They just lost Travis Dodd, who was their best running back. It's really attrition that has hit that USC program 
and the team that you're going to face is going to be coming off a hell of an emotional game the week before against UCLA with the Pac-12 Pac championship pretty much on the line for both of those programs. So Notre Dame is sitting pretty if they can take care of business against Boston College. But then that's, like we said, you got to take care of business. And Tommy Rees knows that coming out of the Navy game and going into this senior day, and he was asked, how do you motivate these guys with all of this emotion and USC over the hill? Have a good senior night and that's to win the game. And so I think that can help motivate people. There's no lack of motivation. You know, certainly a rivalry game. DC coming off a great win for them. Um, some familiar faces, you know, with Coach McNulty over there. So, you know, this is a big game for us. We still have a lot to accomplish this season. Uh, you know, we look at this game every year as a great tradition, a great rivalry. You know, we have a ton of respect for Coach Halfley and their program and how they're running things. And, Again, big win for him a week ago. Uh, definitely caught our attention, and our guys are definitely eager to get back out on the field. Like Tommy said, it might have been a blessing in disguise coming off that Navy game, having to reset, and maybe having USC on their mind at the end of the year that Boston College did go to North Carolina State on senior day and ruined that senior day with that late touchdown and a big victory and a down season for them as they head to South Bend. It's a lot of things going the right way to bring Notre Dame's focus to the Boston College Eagles. Yeah, Boston is not a team to play with in uh, in these situations. I think uh, we just have to focus on us, man, and make this a game about where we go out and dominate, give them something to really worry about, uh, and, and, and be a threat. Don't go in there looking to win. Go in there looking to be a threat and, and hoping they try to stop you. It's just a mindset because we already have the talent, which is the craziest part about us that separates us from everybody else with the potential of being great. We already got the talent. What sways us every year is the mindset of, are we a dominant team or are we a team that is still on its way? Do we still feel like an underdog every game or are we a team that is a consistent dynasty builder that we look forward to the biggest games because we play big games every week. So these are mindset things that I trust Marcus Freeman is implementing and is flashing throughout the season. We have some low moments, but we also have some really good high moments too. So let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And before we do that, once again, Lucky Lucky Podcast, Sean Davis, Malik Zaire, Featuring Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Also, you can catch the podcast over at CFB Nation on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Tap in right now. Tap in today. Set it up for automatic download. You'll get all the great content. Not only Lucky Lefty Podcast, but John Garcia, his recruiting talk, and all of the rest of the great content on CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. We spin it different. All right, left. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Al Golden. You know what? He was asked a very interesting question. And the question was, is it harder to go into the Navy game the week before or to come out of the Navy game the week after? And I thought it was a really great question. And I was like, man. 
you know, I didn't play the game on that level. So I'm interested in knowing how he's going to answer this. And this is what Al Golden had to say about that. To reset after, and uh, that's the thing that I just said upstairs that I'm the most proud of these guys. So, staff too. Uh, the staff got in Sunday, went right to work. Uh, you don't want to have an option hangover, and, and they came in and uh, got everything to the players, got the game plan done early, got to them. Uh, a lot of the guys were in yesterday um, on their day off, learning the game plan, watching film, and uh, they showed by their actions today that there won't be any hangover, that they're ready to go. and. Uh, we, you know, obviously it's just early downs today. Tomorrow we'll get into third down, but they transitioned really well, and uh, I'm glad that's behind us. I don't have a concern about that. I'm sure all of the players got back Sunday, Saturday night, and said, "Thank God, we're done with that, dude." Because you pretty much that's that's the sentiment you give me about Notre Navy week is that once it's over, everybody is like, "Good." Let's yeah, you you're almost more encouraged to uh, more encouraged to lock back in on focus because you feel like it's back to real football preparation where you got a lot of different looks and a lot of different moving pieces. I think it's not only monotonous to get ready for a team like Navy, but it's uninspiring in the sense that it's it, you start thinking about physicality when you go into games like that. Other games like with Clemson, yeah, you know it's going to be physical, but people flying around, it's going to be speed, it's going to be fun, it's going to be a lot of different things. So I think the encouragement with that excitement of all the things that are involved in the team that's doing a lot of different things, uh, it's easy to get back to, especially motivated when you're in situations like that. I was very intrigued to hear his answer and when I heard it. I said, yo, that makes sense. The reset is much harder to get guys to reset and get back to what they've been normally doing the entire year. Like it really takes you on a detour to prepare and play Navy and getting the mind and the body to reset simultaneously and get back in order and back on assignment is old. Has to be a challenge, especially in a short span, which I, I'm glad they get back on the practice field Sunday. I'm glad J.D. Bertrand is trending towards being back on the field. That's going to be huge. huge. And I'm looking forward to them. And Marcus Freeman said he expects his team to be hungry. He said that on Monday, in hearing how they're performing in practice and Al Golden feeling like they've done a great job of resetting and moving on, uh, that's encouraging. That's encouraging, and that's what you want to hear from your head coach and also your defensive coordinator. Now, he was also asked about, you know, defensively, confidence. Confidence is something that you want your team to go into a game with, but it's also what makes the other team dangerous because they might not be as talented but if they're trending upward, could make for a pretty interesting game. And Al Golden talked about that. His defense now having to face a backup quarterback that's going over 300 yards with three touchdowns with a weapon like Zay Flowers coming into Notre Dame Stadium and a confident Eagles offense. Al Golden talked about that matchup. 
confidence now, right? That's a big win on the road for them. And um, obviously, we got to get ready for two quarterbacks. I really like the tight ends. Number four is, is as good as Caleb Downs or Njigba, those two guys that we've seen earlier. So Flowers, I'm talking about the wideout. So he's really, really good. Um, again, we're, you know, I have a lot of respect for their, their coordinator, John, you know, uh, McNulty, just um, kind of a pro style, very similar to ours. Um, shifts, motions, um, you better be, you know, aware of where guys are aligned and, and all the different uh, versatility that they have with their alignments and tight ends out wide, tight ends in tight. I mean, it's, it's a challenge. So, uh, and like I said, they're playing with a lot of confidence. Look, man, it's going to be cold. Forecast, I looked at the forecast this morning for the Chicago area, which is similar to South Bend the majority of the time. It's supposed to tip and stop right at 50. Game time, probably dip down low 40s. But I expect a nice brisk win. Two physical football teams, man. They might not be as strong in the trenches, but they're going to try to run the ball now. Yeah. For the second time this season, they only ran the ball for four yards or ran four yards in a game. The second time Boston Cops has done that. So they're coming in one-handed, and they're going to try to throw the ball. Uh, Phil Jakovic might play. He's trending towards getting on the field, like he said. You have to feel like they're pretty confident coming into this matchup based upon what they've been able to do recently. They played well and played better, even if they didn't win games. And that kind of culminated with that big win they got against NC State last week. Absolutely. Definitely culminated with that. And I don't know. I just think it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how this plays out. I'm, I'm over here reading the – the chat about the Angeli struggle, and it's, it's so interesting because, you know, where is his place in all of this? Uh, another unproven package player that we didn't take too much advantage of getting enough opportunity. Even when he did, it wasn't like a how they throw in K Klubnik at Clemson. Mm. They throw in K Club nigga at Clemson, they trying to score points. They're not running things and be like, look, we got him. We're gonna throw him out there for the fans to see. Everybody's gonna be excited and get on the blogs. You're gonna do some cute stuff that he probably won't do if he became a real starter. So I think that line of doing that leaves you with the the purgatory of the unknown. So now do you go get transfers or is he a player? Mm. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, especially how he's used, you know, through the rest of this season and obviously him not playing in games like Stanford and games like Marshall. Um, it's interesting because I think anywhere else, even Clemson themselves, when they was at Notre Dame, they start playing bad. It's number four team in the country. He wasn't playing great. They put the other kid in that they believed in. Does Tommy Reese believe in Steve Angeli? I don't know. I don't know. Well, 
There are some youngsters that were cited on the field on Saturday, one being Jalen Sneed. Marcus Freeman, when pressed about the youngsters getting playing time, has been consistent in saying the players have to impress me during practice. I don't do gamers at Notre Dame. You might not like it, but that's the standard. That's yeah. part of the golden standard. And Al Golden talked about Jalen Seed starting to reach that standard. Jalen was the trust during the week, right? So his approach was very mature. Um, he eliminated a lot of MEs. I thought he was on it. I really did. And uh, and you could see him when he's out there, how talented he is. Um, his ability to, you know, to uh, get off blocks and use his length. And he's a lot longer than people think um, when you stand next to him. You know, he's, he's a tall player and um, he's athletic. So it was a good start for him and, and uh, he's going to have to earn it, you know, the rest of the way. You know, if he, if he practices well, if he's on it, uh, does really great with his reps, he's going to continue to play. Yo, look, that's encouraging to hear that he's starting to flash and practice and become more consistent. He moves different. And this is what I want to tell Notre Dame fans. And this is why you deserve better, and I'm happy that we all got better. Not about the harp on the previous regime, but if your love for the program isn't reciprocal, then go. Go. Because I know this fan base loves this school and this program and its players. To no end. And when that love isn't being sent back at the same level, then you need to bounce. Marcus Love, Marcus, not Marcus Love, but Marcus Freeman and his staff are reciprocating. You saw it with the defensive recruits in 22. You saw it in his first recruiting class in 23. You're seeing it with the seven guys that might turn into eight or nine in the next month or so in the 24 class already stacked up. The outcome, the win-loss record, it might not be what we expected it to be this year, but you're being loved a lot better than you were previously being loved. I can tell you that. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. So when you're being loved the right way, you'll stick through the tough times. That's what love is. You'll go through the ups and downs. But don't be giving me a car, a nice house, a nice apartment, all of these external things. And the truth of the matter is, in your heart, <laughs> you want to be with somebody else. Bounce. Mm. Mm. Bounce. And it didn't just happen last year. No. This has been ongoing for years previous to that. That's right. And the fan base and the program suffered because of it. They tried to break the program down. They tried to break the fan base down to lower their expectations and feel like Notre Dame can never be good enough to win a national championship. There's no way elite players would ever want to come here. It's bull crap. You got the right guy that's showing you the love to let you know great players do want to come here. Watch and see. So, yeah, when you're receiving that type of love, we can deal with 
the Marshall offense. And we don't like Stanford and Marshall coming in here and winning games. But we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. Close out the season, sweep November, and then have one of the best days ever on December 21st. That's love. And that's the type of love we're getting with Marcus Freeman and his program. <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hey, bro. One more thing with Al Golden before we get out of here. It's very important to understand that one of the things he talked about was in his short time how special he's realized how this program is, but more than that, how blessed he is to coach the young men that he's able to coach. And he talked about Notre Dame and the players being a different breed of player than he's ever experienced on the college level. Nothing exemplifies that more than Jason Adamiola and Justin Adamiola and their parents. You see the pictures week after week on the field after the game the love they have for the university, how special Saturday is going to be for them and their family. And they met with the media and they encapsulate the journey to get to Notre Dame and the time spent at Notre Dame and what it means to them and their family. I still think it's going to be great. It's going to be a great experience for my family, really. Like my parents and like everybody else, my aunts and uncles coming because you know, like it, me and Justin are excited for the moment, but I know they're going to be having the, probably the bigger, the biggest smiles on their face to know that we made it that this far. So it's going to be a great moment for my family. What do you guys remember from that camp where you got the offer, and then I believe you guys committed shortly after that? Um, what I remember was, you know, we had like. Khalid, Julian, Dalen, and I, they was coaching us up, you know, and we laugh about it because they have a lot of pictures from that event, so we sent it to them. Um, and then I remember, um, you know, because this was going into our junior year, I remember after that camp, we earned our offer here, and then we decided to commit on the way back to Jersey. So it was a special a special weekend, a special day for us, you know, earning an offer here in Notre Dame and then committing, like, I think it was like a day later. Yeah. For me, I, I remember from that day, like, just like seeing like what Justin said, like who's gonna be like my best friends for like the next like the whole time me being at Notre Dame, you know. I met like for instance like my old my old defensive line coach, Coach Ellison, Daylin, uh, uh, Ade, uh, Lid, and even like my teammates, my old teammates in my recruiting class, like Paul Mawala, some of the guys, Kyron Williams was at that camp. So it was like just that moment really brought to me like, yo, these are my best friends and I didn't know them since I was in high school when I was a sophomore and now I'm the fifth year senior. So it's like a lot of years that went by and like, we're still close. We, we still talk like once a week with the guys and everything. So it's like, damn, man, time's flying. <laughs> yo, he's right. Time does fly. Them just going back to that camp. I think they, they talked about it. They committed the next day on their way back to Jersey. That's how impactful the experience was at that junior day. And um, bro, look, to hear that as a fan, just appreciates and, and, and it kind of builds, throws extra timber on the fire. That is your love for Notre Dame as a Notre Dame fan to increase the fire 
and increase your fandom. When you see young men like that speak about the experience, what it means to them, and uh, for them, it will be coming to a, a joyous end, not a sad end, but a joyous end on Saturday. And go ahead and couple that with a win and everybody can stand and give an ovation and send them out the way they deserve to be sent out. Yeah, it's special, especially to have identical brothers to be able to take that college football journey together, going through Notre Dame and 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 having a career that, you know, a lot of times guys don't choose their careers, but they were able to be in the forefront of theirs and, and be in the games and involved through the years. And it's, it's cool. If I had a twin brother, I'd be just happy to even – you know, get there with them and, and be in that moment. And I think that's something that they'll share for the rest of their life. And and just being around uh, the guys, like you said, your fifth year there, man, you feeling real old. <laughs> you feeling real old. You feeling real like it's time, like you about to be in a funeral or something because all the guys are getting younger. You just keep getting older. Man, you were, and you heart back on those relationships when you were the young guy. And seeing how fast five, six years go, like a Sean Crawford, who I couldn't imagine, he's been through a couple waves of, of different units and classes. So uh, you build up a lot of a lot of gratitude, man, through the time that you're there. And when it gets to that last game, you run out there and you hear the cheers. You're like, man, this is really, this is really it. Because I remember I came on a visit on, I think it was their senior day or something. They were doing the same thing. And as a recruit, I'm like, man, I, that's a long time. <laughs> and then, and in doing it, I thought of myself sitting up in the stands, being like, damn, long times passed. So uh, it definitely happens fast, but you got to enjoy it. And what makes it better is when you uh, win championships. So I know Alabama players probably like, man, that was a great time, but shoot, we still winning. <laughs> yeah, that takes it to a whole nother level. <laughs> and you know, myself being able to witness you with some of your teammates. Yeah, I can attest to the Notre Dame fan base, like the brotherhood is is real. It's mm -hmm. definitely real. Being blessed to experience that is on a whole nother level. Lucky Le Lefty Podcast. You know what time it is. Petticoat. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Eddie Junction, Teddy Story of the Day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Well, for the first time, LL Nation collectively goes on the petty train. All of the messages, all of the tweets, and everything that you said on yesterday, you guys are definitely on the petty train. You asked for it. You wanted it. And here it is, Braden Lindsay. Hey, you and Drew have had some troubles connecting to 
connect on that one? What did it mean, and how did it set the tempo for that game early on? Yeah, I think it was great. I'm, I'm so proud of Drew. Um, you know, a lot of people could keep their head down or whatever. You know, he gets a lot of crap, and that just kind of comes with being Notre Dame quarterback. I, I could never even relate. Um, yeah, it's huge. I mean, I, I love Drew. Drew's my dog. I've uh, been friends for a long time, and I'm, I'm just proud of him. And anytime we can put some points up on the board and, uh, you know, help the offense, I'm happy. So, yeah. What's, what's this season been like for you, though? Obviously, there has to have been some frustrations of, man, I could have had this one, could have had that one, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. How, is, how has it been navigating that and then finally getting your moment? Yeah, uh, you know, navigating it's, you know, it's business, the world. And at the end of the day, I think I'm in a position uh, where I, I get a free education. Uh, you know, NIL is lovely. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I, I don't really have much to be frustrated at when I know I get to play for the most story program in the country. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of people who have it a lot worse. So I just try to keep my head high and just be happy. And I, I love being here and I'm excited about it and I'm excited to play Boston College. So it's, to answer your question, it's, it's very easy to be positive because how can I not be positive when I'm representing Notre Dame at the highest level? Look, don't ever let Braden Lindsay talk for the quarterbacks in Notre Dame. He, he look, no. No, Tyler Buckner was the best running quarterback he's ever played with. How frustrated are you with the fact that you haven't been able to get the ball thrown to you, but you've been open? Man, there's kids in Africa that's hungry right now. How can I not be grateful? Man, NIL. The cafeteria food, good as hell in South Dining Hall. Look. <laughs> There's plenty of things that I can say that I can be grateful for, man. He's copping please all over the place. Just say you upset. That's okay. Oh. We all see it. Just say, I wish I could have had more opportunities, whatever. You done took it to outside of football. <laughs> you took it to life philosophy. <laughs> I look around and I just see four for 40 all over the place. That's why I'm I, That's why I'm playing receiver for the great University of Notre Dame. Just, man, if you don't get your, tell the truth. In the beginning of the season, you talk about release packages. You talk about you wish a, 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 a corner would press you. You realize how fast you was. You said your hands got better. Your routes was crisp. You were so thankful for Chancey Stucky to get in that room and change life. Fast forward, they talk about how frustrated you got. What, what's up with them opportunities? What happened to release packages? Now you talking about four for 40? You was happy you went abroad? You was happy that you got to, got to eat this morning? That you he hit you with the man. I'm just glad I woke up today, man. God done blessed me, done woke me up today. That's is all I'm thankful for. No, they asked you how do you feel about not getting a rock when you was 18 yards open. Period. 18. They just I should have been somebody should have been in the back right now. Like you had 18 yards of old separation. You talk about you happy to be here. Oh man. Somebody should have somebody said, oh, really? Because Tommy says right here that 
you was open 18 yards and had to make the most spectacular catch he's ever seen. That's how frustrated you should be. Ooh. <laughs> he, he's not one for words. He couldn't be in no politics. <laughs> he couldn't be in no politics. <laughs> he like, can't you know, Drew had some troubles connecting to connect on that one. What did it mean? How did it set the tempo for that game early on? Yeah, I think it was great. I'm, I'm so proud of Drew. Um, you know, a lot of people could keep their head down or whatever. You know, he gets a lot of crap, and that just kind of comes with being a Notre Dame quarterback. I, I could never even relate. Um, yeah, it's huge. I mean, I, I love Drew. Drew's my dog. Uh, I've been friends for a long time, and I'm, I'm just proud of him. And anytime we can put some points up on the board and, uh, you know, help the offense, I'm happy. So, yeah. What's, what's this season been like for you, though? Obviously, it has to have been some frustrations of, man, I could have had this one, could have had that one, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. How has how has it been navigating that, and then finally getting your moment? Yeah, uh, you know, navigating it's, you know, it's business, it's the world, and at the end of the day, I think I'm in a position uh, where I, I get a free education. Uh, you know, NIL is lovely. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I, I don't really have much to be frustrated at when I know I get to play for the most story program in the country. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of people who have it a lot worse. So I just try to keep my head high and just be happy. And I, I love being here and I'm excited about it and I'm excited to play Boston College. So it's, to answer your question, it's it's very easy to be positive because how can I not be positive when I'm representing Notre Dame at the highest level? First of all, this is because I see people in the chat like accusing you of putting words in his mouth. Look, dude, Listen, we can post the video. It's been several games where Brayden Lindsey has showed his frustration at the end of plays with both hands in the air at the end of plays all like year this. long. Like, like, dude, yo. Just, NBC it was a valid question. Have you been frustrated? Because you've shown it multiple times on the field. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we've seen you. No, navigate. No, I'm navigating the business world and education and, and, and feeding the children that's hungry in the world. And to answer your question, no, I'm how can I be mad? Look, I'm open all the time. I'm not mad. No. I'm glad we can put points on the board. Really? Really? Yo, LL Nation, thank you. Because this was a great one. This was a great patty. This was a you all are super petty for this one. Because I had not seen it. You all are super petty for this one, but you're spot on. You're spot on. And I think my boy LeVon Whitaker, that works for the TV station down there in South Bend, I think he was the one that jumped it off with the initial question. I'm going to have to hit him up today like, bro, you petty for that? You petty for that question? You super petty for that question? This is just awesome. Excuse me, this is all around one of the best petties. Yeah. Don't leave. Well, he's he's about to graduate. Like, don't for the rest of the year, don't let Braden Lindsay talk quarterback at all. They ask you all the quarterback questions on purpose. Don't let him talk. <laughs> Do not let him talk quarterback at all. Because he puts forth the best content. No, matter of fact, let him talk. Let him talk. Let him talk after the USC game, the bowl game. He gives us the best 
content when it comes to quarterbacks at Notre Dame. Oh man, man, yo, he talking about we friends. What's that got to do with anything? The NIL money is sweet. Yeah, he's talking about, hey, man, I'm getting money. That's how you know you mad. Hey, man, I'm getting money, man. You know, and I, yeah, it's great. You know, what I got to be mad for, man? I'm out here getting money, man. Oh, he out here like money making Mitch. Yeah. I love the game. I love the game. But if I leave, are they going to love me? <laughs> but, you know, I, I just think that uh, – it's why it's important. You gotta have a dude all the time, man. You gotta have a dude all the time. Yeah. Um, we're not in a position to, to carry guys along at that position. I don't think that's the ingredients to a championship for our team. I think we should have our quarterback leading the forefront and being a reason for the season of why we are going out here putting dominant performances together. Mm-hmm. It can be – the run game can have a plenty, plenty of, of X factor in an offense, but most teams that are competing for that championship right now has a quarterback leading the charge, not just running out in the front. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question for you, bro. Uh, Luke Breeding, thanks for tapping in as always. Is Honora available in Eastern Kentucky? Shoot, it should be. Uh, I would have to just check the website, but if not, DM me. We can figure it out. There you go. Another question. Uh, Ed Big Easy. He must be from Chicago because I see you're a Bears fan. Is Kenny an early enrollee? Um, he was an early enrollee for Pitt. So the uh, the estimation for me would be that he would be an early enrollee for Notre Dame as well. And Kevin Bill says, no way Michigan should be ahead of TCU. I mean, yeah, they haven't played anybody, so I don't have a problem with you saying that at all. Super Chats, thank you, Don, <coughs> excuse me, John DeCrisio. Thank you for the Super Chat. John Wooden quote, be quick, but don't hurry. And Kirk Roberts, thank you for the super chat. Thank you, Kirk. We do it for you. Each and every week, we hope we continue to put forth a great show. So we're going to get out of here, man. You guys have a great Thursday. Thursday, man, I'm ahead of myself. Have a great Wednesday. Tomorrow, tomorrow, John Garcia from SI will be on with us talking recruiting for the last half of the show. Get your super chats and your recruiting questions ready. John Garcia joins us tomorrow for the last half of the show to talk recruiting. Notre Dame National Recruiting right here. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Have a great Wednesday. But most of all, make sure that you spend it different.